Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and this is day 265 of our three-year journey through the Bible, and we come to Deuteronomy 17. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our gracious God and King, you are good and wise and faithful in all of your ways. Teach us your word. Write it on our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 17. You shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or a sheep in which is a blemish, any defect, whatever, for that is an abomination to the Lord your God. If there is found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God is giving you, a man or woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant, and has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, or the sun, or the moon, or any of the host of heaven, which I have forbidden, and it is told you, and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently, and if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. On the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. The hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. If any case arises requiring decision between one kind of homicide or another, one kind of legal right and another, or one kind of assault and another, any case within your towns that is too difficult for you, then you shall arise and go up to the place that the Lord your God will choose. And you shall come to the Levitical priests, and to the judge who is in office in those days, and you shall consult them, and they shall declare to you the decision. Then you shall do according to what they declare to you from that place that the Lord will choose, and you shall be careful to do according to all that they direct you, according to the instruction that they give you, and according to the decision which they pronounce to you, you shall do. You shall not turn aside from the verdict that they declare to you, either to the right hand or to the left. The man who acts presumptuously by not obeying the priest who stands to minister there before the Lord your God or the judge, that man shall die. So you shall purge the evil from Israel, and all the people shall hear and fear and not act presumptuously again. When you come to the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you possess it, and dwell in it, and then say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you may indeed set a king over you, whom the Lord your God will choose. One from among your brothers you shall set as king over you. You may not put a foreigner over you who is not your brother, only he must not acquire many horses for himself, or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses, since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. And he shall not acquire many wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he acquire for himself excessive silver and gold. 
And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law, approved by the Levitical priests, and it shall be with him. And he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment either to the right hand or to the left, so that he may continue long in his kingdom, he and his children in Israel. That is Deuteronomy chapter 17. Well, God is a realist. One of the things I love about scripture is how realistic it is. God is setting up rules and guidelines for how things should be done within the land. But he knows that people's hearts are corrupt, that people tend to go astray, and so they will have to deal with evil things that will come among them. Among the evil things that will come among them could be someone saying, let's go after another god, let's worship some false god. And we know this happened. In fact, it happened over and over again. And I think some people would regard a passage like this and say how harsh it is that you would take such a person and that you would put them to death. But I, but I wonder, reading the Old Testament, how much heartache, how much death, how much trouble would have been spared the Israelites if they had followed this rule. As soon as someone started suggesting, let's go after another God, they said, forget it. You're done, right? And there could have been a ransom price for this person to spare their life, but they would have to repent of this sin. I also like the fact that God sets a limit here on the fact that it has to be two or three witnesses or else a person shall not be put to death. One of the things that I think is unbiblical about our American justice system, there are many, but in places where there is a death penalty for first degree murder or for, you know, premeditated murder, where there is a death penalty, it is often possible to convict someone on just the evidence of one person's eyewitness testimony. And that's very shaky ground because people are very unreliable witnesses. And so God wants there to be firm evidence. Not only do you have to have two or three witnesses, but then those witnesses have to be the first to put the person to death, which means the weight of their testimony is on their heads if they lift up a hand against an innocent person. God also makes it clear that there will be times when it's difficult for local judges, local elders, local tribal leaders to be able to decide certain cases. There are gray areas within the law. There are difficult cases and difficult decisions. And so there's kind of an appellate court system, we could say. This was actually established under Moses in the book of Exodus. But here, the idea is you can appeal the case. You can, you can take it to the next higher level, which would be to go to where the tabernacle is, go to where the Levitical priests are, go to where the judge sitting in office is, and take the case to them. Now, their decision is absolutely binding. It cannot be appealed at that point because they are God's appointed ones and they are to speak with wisdom from the Lord, which means they need to be careful to seek the Lord and speak with the Lord's wisdom. But then the people need to submit to the Lord's leadership and receive that wisdom, even if it's not what they necessarily want to hear. And then finally, God gives advice for what to do if there's a king. Of course, God knows there's going to be a king, but there's a couple of guidelines. One is the king has to be someone who God chooses. 
and it can't be a foreigner. It has to be someone God chooses. When Jesus was born, the king over God's people was Herod, who was an Edomite. He was um, a descendant of Esau. He wasn't an Israelite. This king also should not acquire many horses for himself. In other words, he shouldn't have a large standing army with many, many chariots and horses to trust in them. We see in the Psalms a couple of places where it's like some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the Lord our God. And to make an alliance with Egypt or to go down to Egypt to get horses would be bad because you'd be looking back at your slavery, you'd be trusting in the world and not trusting in the Lord. And finally, there is this requirement. I've said that Deuteronomy is, is the king's book. It's to give, be given, to be written down by the king. This is the requirement here at the end of Deuteronomy 17. The king has to write out this book, this copy of the law, this Deuteronomy, 7, this Deuteronomy the second giving of the law, um, has to write it out and has to keep it uh, so that he may not turn aside from it. Jesus memorized the book of Deuteronomy. We know that because when he was tested by the devil, he quoted scripture three times and all three quotations are from the book of Deuteronomy. So he knew Deuteronomy. He had it in his heart. He had it on his lips. He is the king who is faithful. And so he fulfills this by being the embodiment of the word of God. But as a man, he was led by the word of God to faithfully do what God commanded. Well, this is good advice for us in many ways. Uh, it is to seek the Lord for wisdom when we lack it. James tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord, and he'll give it generously without partiality. It's good for us to always hide God's word in our heart and have it in our mind so that it can guide our decision making. And it's good to be advocates for justice within a society because when there's real justice, not perverted by bribes, as we saw in Deuteronomy 16, not, you know, subject to um, human uh, whims, but real justice based upon uh, eternal principles of truth and justice, then, then a land is blessed and a land prospers. And we as, we as believers should be salt and light. And part of that is we should be advocating for those things within our culture. It shouldn't be our obsession. We shouldn't be politically driven, but we should be a voice uh, to advocate for justice within our culture, uh, biblically defined, of course, and, and God-honoring and eternal truth grounded uh, justice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, for the truth that it is. Help us to hide your word in our heart, even as Jesus himself did, setting an example for us. Help us to be those who have your word in our hearts so that your word may be on our lips. Whenever we need wisdom, may we seek it from you and give it to us, Father. Help us to be your faithful people in this world, your ambassadors and your representatives, your disciples indeed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me on this day 265, and uh, we're making our way through the Bible, and we've got, you know, over two years to go, but uh, about two and a quarter years now, and so I've been enjoying it. I hope you've been enjoying it. If you have any questions about anything you hear in any of the devotionals, feel free to send me an email. My email address is simply pastor at foresthillpca.org. That's pastor at foresthillpca.org. Love to hear from you. Be happy to answer any questions you have. Have a blessed day in the Lord.